Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I am your host, Ben Standig, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which means I've been only thinking about the schedule for the last, well, couple hours at least. Uh, the, the, the NFL schedule is out. We already knew who the Washington Commanders were playing and where. We just didn't know the when, and that is now settled. We know the whole schedule, and we're going to talk that out here on the podcast with our friend Brian McNally from NBC Sports Washington. Uh, we just talked about the whole situation. We went through the games we think are the most interesting. Not a lot. When you have, when you have the easiest strength of schedule, there's only going to be so many impressive games. Last year you had a lot. This year you have less. But that also means you have better opportunity to win games. So Brian and I discussed the you know. A, a bunch of the schedule where we think are the interesting stretches. We talked about the Carson Wentz revenge tour, uh, the NFC East opponent. Of course, week one, they will be hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, and uh, there's a couple national TV games and a bunch more, a really fun conversation as it always is with Brian, who you can follow on Twitter at B McNally 14. I am at Ben Standig on Twitter. And of course you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you do your podcasting, including on the Athletic app. Uh, by the way, again, you can uh, subscribe to the Athletic by going through the podcast. So if you go click on the podcast, hit the subscribe button. I believe all the same uh, offers are there as well. Uh, so yeah, so we've got a schedule. And uh, look, I think again, we 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 know what that we knew who they were playing. But there is something to be said for the order. I think the craziest thing, and Brian and I talked about it, is week 14 bye. Oof. I, I didn't look. I assume that's the last buys for any team. I didn't notice who else had a week 14 bye, but that is some insanely late deal. Obviously, I don't know what the perfect week is. I think week four is too early. Week, you know, week nine seems like a reasonable call somewhere in the middle. Week 14 is a lot, especially if the injuries start to pile up. Or, you know, you, you just can't kind of, it's not even so much a momentum thing because, you know, in the NFL, when you have a full week in between games, typically, I don't know if momentum always carries over week to week because there's such a gap unlike say baseball or basketball, but nonetheless, there's no break. You got to keep going. Um, so that's probably the weirdest thing about the schedule to me, but there's a lot of intrigue there for sure. And Brian and I will go, or we just went through it all. Uh, I'm excited to have you guys hear that. Uh, beyond that, you know, uh, check out what we've got going on in the athletic. I did a whole br- schedule breakdown and with some thoughts there. Uh, if you missed it the other day, I wrote about Stephen Davis and, and the fact that Stephen Davis Jr. is trying out for Washington. You can check that on the athletic along with all of our other coverage of the NFL and the world of sports. Um, I, I normally try to have some notes here for you, but I don't really have anything right now. We've kind of got to gone through it at this point um so we will see how that goes i will just say as a quick note i'm going to take some time off next week there will be uh, another podcast up for next week but in general i'm you know going to try to run away for a little bit um so if i'm not as active on twitter that's basically why um all right let's get to it my conversation with my pal brian mcnally all things about the schedule. And by the way, we we had to make predictions. I made Brian make a prediction. The Athletic made me make a prediction. I want to hear your predictions 
Send me them on Twitter at Ben Standig. You can drop them in an iTunes review if you want. When you are kind enough to leave a, a nice rating and review, you can put them in there. You can hit me up on email, bstandig at theathletic.com. Whatever you got, I want to hear from you too on this as well. All right, but here we go. My conversation about the Washington Commander schedule with Brian McNally here on the Standard Room Only podcast. All right, as promised, our returning champion is back to help us discuss the Washington Commanders 2022 schedule. That is the man, the myth, the legend, Brian McNally from NBC Sports Washington, a man who has studied many a commander schedule over his years of covering this team. And uh, Brian, we're going to go through all this. We'll go through, maybe not, we're going to go through, we won't go game by game. You can find the schedule on the athletic or literally anywhere, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but we'll NBC go Sports th- Washington, if you they, prefer, they, they, way. Yeah. or both, yeah. or both, or both. Um, but uh, we'll go through some notes. We'll go through, through some, so, so what are the tough stretches? We'll, we'll both predict some final records. We'll get into the Carson Wentz of it all. Here, here's my just overriding view of this thing. We knew going in, look, we already knew the opponents. We knew the locations. All we didn't know was the order, right? <laughs> right. So really, it's not that. Uh, the, 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 the key here is like the, the when and the, the when of these things in terms of like the order primarily. But when you see it laid out on paper with an exact order and you know going in that Washington and Dallas tied for the easiest strength of schedule, the easiest schedules, and then you see it, you're like, oh, here's the downside with that. It's really not an exciting schedule. Like, no. I, I could try no. to sell this and so we'll, we'll talk about it and it'll be interesting because the season is interesting. But here we are. <laughs> it's not the most of exciting schedules. I, I wonder, Ben, sometimes if it's better to just have one year where the schedule is just kind of like uh whatever and then you make up for it the next year and you're like oh packers patriots uh whatever it is whatever well, look last year yep. putting aside that it was a challenging schedule for a team that we all kind of knew wasn't really a first place team even though they won the division it was quarterbacks galore you faced every good quarterback in the league which meant you were playing some pretty good opponents uh, plus, the division games automatically are good. Like last year's schedule was really good. This year is the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a slog for sure. Well, by the way, one thing about that, like I I, I saw Albert Beer tweeting about this, and I quote tweeted him, and then I deleted the tweet because I was feeling like eh, I don't need to put negativity out in the world. But he tweeted that I think he said that twelve teams had the maximum allowable five primetime games i think it's actually 13 but whatever 12 or 13 and he said that shows how much balance there is in the league and i look at it as the literal opposite of that if you have 12 to 13 teams maxing out of the national games it goes to show that half the league is irrelevant you don't want them on television because ideally you would spread that out why do you i mean obviously we get it dallas will be on five times tom brady you know whatever but like you don't need if you're going all that many teams maxing out, it's because you don't want to see the other teams. And guess what? Other than Dallas and Philly, the teams Washington has to play, only Green Bay is on Washington's schedule of those teams that have the max games. That's more my point. Half the league is really and, not that exciting, and it's going to face a lot of them. And if they're playing each other, they're going to the league is going to put them together, right? They're going to match up. They're not matching up Dallas with the Falcons, right? I mean, maybe five years ago they would have. They're not doing that this year. Right. Like the Bills, so, the Bills are playing the Lions, but it's on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, yeah. 
Right. Yeah. So, so that, that at least way, like, okay, you already know the Lions aren't that good. So what will you put in a team that's, you know, going to be one of the Super Bowl favorites, um, at least to make it that game a little more interesting. But anyway, we're here to talk about Washington again. We already knew the teams and the, and, and the where, but we just didn't know the when. Now we have the when. Let me just go through some of the, the headlines here for Washington. First off, two national TV games. Uh, week six at the Bears on a Thursday. Mm. Wacky. Well, I, <laughs> I don't know what's I mean that's kind of to your point it's almost like they said uh let's get these two teams out of the way on a Thursday we'll knock you know whatever uh, that's right. that's a wacky right I mean Chicago obviously a huge media market but yeah you know, okay sure and then the one that we kind of assumed would happen uh especially if they had multiple games week 10 Monday night at Philly Carson Wentz going back to face the team for the first time that he uh, was drafted by, had success with, and then things completely fell apart. We all kind of know what happened there. That is week 10, which ironically it's, well, not ironically, but it's 15 days after Wentz plays in Indianapolis. Right. Which has, I think more, or at least I think, I think you disagree, has more short-term juice but the longer term play is the team he was with for more than one year in Philly. So either way, it, the Carson, not that there won't be a spotlight on Carson Wentz regardless, but for a 15 day stretch, he will be going up against the two teams that he just got jettisoned by in each of the last uh, two years. Um, we'll come back to him in a second. The home opener, September 11th against Jacksonville. All right. I mean, look, I guess that you could say that for any home opener, any opponent will work because it's everybody's excited just for football. Yeah, it's un- no under. Well, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, I get it. Like, you know, it would be one thing if this is Trevor fine. Lawrence's first year, but yeah, it's but now not. We've, we've seen him. Yeah. I guess we could talk ourselves into Jack Del Rio facing his old team. No, I can't talk myself into that. D- Doug Peterson versus Carson Wentz. Absolutely not. Okay. Well, we'll, no, we'll, we'll this is a, it's a, it's a brutal opener. I mean, I don't know what to, now this is taking me back. Now, remember I, and I think you do the same thing. I look at the schedule first from the beat reporter's perspective, which is always like, okay, where are the trips? Where are we going? You know, oh, Green Bay in September. That's great. So I distinctly remember the 2014 schedule eight years ago now, because it was my second year covering the team. And I believe they opened at Houston and um, on the road and then Jacksonville at home. And even back then, it was not a good schedule. It, it just, I think it's the, it's the AFC South, right? I mean, Ben, when you get drawing that division as the, as the opposite is just, there's just not a team in there that has juice. And I don't mean that aren't good because Tennessee's been good and all that kind of stuff. But like Houston is actively bad. And yeah, th- has, th- there's no sex appeal. I mean, it's, a, it's just as no. simple as that. I mean, yeah, I mean. Bottom it's, line. it's not an AFC that like, if you give me the AFC West, I'm doing cartwheels, right? That's a, that's a home run every time it's great cities. If you're a fan, you can like go to like last year, a ton of commanders fans went to Vegas. Like that's, that's fun. The AFC South is just like, Oh, I mean, I guess if the Titans were a road game, you could talk yourself into going to Nashville for a game, but there's just not much here. There's not much institutional right you know juice with these teams they're not that old right the texans the jags 
I mean, the Colts, whatever. I don't, I don't even associate the Colts with Baltimore or their past. I just assume whatever, you know, they're essentially what's happened in the last 30 years. And and frankly, Washington got gypped, gypped by the AFC West last year, chargers in week one fine, but like, you know, whatever it was fine. The Chiefs were like playing kind of lousy. I know they blew Washington out eventually, but they were really yeah, underwhelming. Yeah. That was a weird game for sure. Yeah, they, they, that was that was a stretch there where they weren't playing well. They beat the Raiders in in Vegas, but that was after John Gruden was fired. And they'll have mm-hmm. the point of going there is the Gruden thing, and he's out. Right. And Denver, you know, they, they had Teddy Bridgewater. Now they have Russell Wilson. Like that's a huge difference. It was an ugly game, right? It just wasn't it wasn't yeah, that was the chris blewett game i mean yeah that was yeah. just not a bit of a rock fight right. um now i'm with you the gruden thing is interesting that makes me realize like us getting excited about wentz and indy and wentz in philly uh what are we week six seven week eight in indy and week 10 in philly uh i wouldn't get too ahead of ourselves with those storylines just injuries all that oh, kind sure. of stuff like i mean well i saw like our your uh your 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 our my colleague your co-worker pete haley tweeted out that mm-hmm. last year when washington played at philly they played garrett gilbert this time the eagles fans will probably have a better they'll, they'll know this quarterback better and right, i was like right. in my head thinking are we sure they won't be on sam howells at, not not but not for a benching by injuries garrett gilbert no, could mean, be starting here by now who uh, knows 100 percent. i mean after these last two years i don't know and it, doing any nfl storylines beyond like week two is kind of fool's gold because you just don't know if these guys are going to be around at all and that's the whole thing obviously with the strength of schedule stuff it's an on-paper thing for all we know doug peterson showing up in jacksonville will make that thing a completely different deal and they're going to come out and surprise people and on the the other hand maybe dallas losing amari cooper and randy gregory they 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 plummet and you never know but in any event speaking of dallas uh washington plays their right there the first game of them at dallas week four then they close the season week 18 here against Dallas. So always, you know, you know, you're getting an NFC East opponent here, but always fun when it's Dallas. I mentioned the Carson Wentz revenge tour, the strength of schedule I mentioned as well. Um, as it stands, the games that we know of times, all the home games are one o'clock. The yes. only two we don't know week 15 against the giants week 18 against Cowboys are two TBD. But as of right now, everything is at one o'clock. Take that for what it's worth. Um, again, those are the home games I'm talking about. They're the holiday games. So there's no Thanksgiving. There is a Christmas Eve at San Francisco. That's kind Such of a dagger for you guys. That's a real dagger for us. For, now we, for we did that game, by the way. And I think it was 2016. We went to Chicago. So I was, I definitely, I distinctly remember being in O'Hare. It was an afternoon game. So noon Chicago time definitely was at o'hare by 8 p.m waiting for a flight home on christmas eve i mean if you want to you want to talk about finding yourself in dire circumstances <laughs> that would that was that was one of them yeah that's not great and then the following week uh january 1st they host the browns mm-hmm. um so there's that um what else uh all-time record on week one home games, the team uh, told us 18 and 18. So they will be either over or under 500, uh, depending on what happens in Jacksonville. Yes, I know there's a tie, but we're not going to mm. go down that route. Um, 
The over under, according to DraftKings, for wins. Have you? I don't know if you've seen this number. Would you like to guess what? I've I have not. Um, over under. I I got a. F- Again, easiest strength of schedule, and they won seven games last year. I'm yeah, not trying to sell but, you either way, but they won seven games last year against a much harder schedule. Uh, they lost their starting just, quarterback in the first half of the first game. Their defense was underwhelming, to say the least. A bunch of injuries. I'm thinking along with DraftKings, though. If I if I set that over under at 10, I feel like it's too much. I think it's nine. Uh, seven and a half. Really? So they kept it? Mm, that's not good. Well, I mean, I think, right, I think the national perspective is Carson Wentz is not a, a big deal, right? I mean, we all, I mean, I certainly look at it as they upgraded over Heineke, at least from the perspective of the playbook, how he plays. I mean, we'll see, but, you know, I think it's been overstated as to how terrible he was, but at the same point, you know, we can't ignore two teams have said in our consecutive years, we're good. We'll take a huge hit one way or the other to move on from you. So, um I mean, the Colts, I guess, didn't take a huge hit, but, you know, they, they moved on after giving up a first-round pick yeah, the year before. Um, so, anyway, so seven and a half. The, the first two, we have lines on the first two games per DraftKings. We, uh, nail, I think I nailed this um, on our podcast in my head. I was just listening along. I think Jacksonville should be uh, – that's at home. I'm going to say four and a half. For the commanders, what do we got there? Am I close? Uh, it is Washington minus four over Jacksonville. Okay. In week right. one. In week one. And then at Detroit, I'm going to go Lions minus one. Uh, hold on. Now that I'm looking at this, let me make sure I, somebody uh, sent this to me. Let me see. No, it. well, it's apparently Washington minus three. At Detroit, I think. Oh, okay. I mean, obviously, look. I mean, here, here's okay. So let's just start with this. In terms of the schedule, there's lots of ways to look at it. They have not been good to start the last two seasons under Ron Rivera. The first year they won the opener, then they lost five in a row, I believe. Last year, yeah, they started two and two, but we know the win over the Giants was a really lucky one. Sure. The offsides on New York gives Dustin Hopkins the second chance to make the kick. He does, and they basically needed a miracle to beat Atlanta. The, the, the crazy play where Heineke throws the ball across the field to J.D. McKissick, who does a yep. great run in the end zone, just to get to two and two. Then they lose the next four, right? So to start the season, like forget strength of schedule for the for the whole year. Like you, like you said a few minutes ago, you can't predict anything after week two. Here's what I know. The first two games, they play the teams that earned the first and second pick in the draft. Yeah. I wonder how many times in NFL history that's happened. I mean, eminently winnable is what I would say, right? That's, I'm, not, I'm not guaranteeing you go 2-0 because who knows, you know, Wentz may need some adjustment time. Who knows? Whatever. You know, we don't know. They're, they're going to be missing a couple of key players. Obviously, Chase Young, I'm assuming, will not be back by week one. He's, I think he has said he will be, but I'll believe that when I see it. Um who else we got? Somebody else. Is well, Logan Thomas, Logan is, Thomas is at. Yeah, I mean, there, I, there's some key pieces out and some questions probably, but whatever. They're favorites. At a minimum, even if Chase Young and Logan Thomas are there, presumably they're going to be rusty. And who knows mm-hmm. how much of training camp or preseason they will have done. We'll see, like you said, on both of those. I mean, I'm more snaps, right? You're not going to put them out there and play 80% of the snaps for both those guys. It's just not going to happen. Right. But I mean, I guess regardless, I'm, you know, 
two, I mean, two and O is a distinct possibility. And that's, you don't have to be like a commander's Homer to think that like, if I give you the Jags and lions, one at home, one on the road, you're going to go. Most teams in the league would think a good shot. We can go two and O here. And I think, I do think that's critical for Rivera, for Ron Rivera, just, you know, year three, people want to see progress. You need to start off well, right? Like it's important to start off well. It's not, you don't want to be going through one of those, like win one, lose one, win one, lose. Like going into the back half of that month with the the Eagles and Cowboys, to me, that becomes pretty critical. They certainly, they win one of them, but like that two and O start is important if they can get it. Right. Um, for sure. And look, I mean, it is important both forever for Rivera, because I mentioned the, the, the previous bad slow starts and also obviously this quarterback, you know, and of course yeah. the, the, you know, everybody's social media team is doing their best to have interesting or fun release videos and do some trolling in Jacksonville when it was announced before the full schedule, they announced week one in Jacksonville. I don't have basically in front of me, but based, but their tweet was essentially when they, when they said they're playing Washington was, tell Carson we said hi because the last game Carson Wentz played he was abominable against Jacksonville the loss cost Indianapolis the playoffs it wasn't maybe all on him but whatever he was terrible and now that's the first team he's going up against so you know uh, look I I think that's that's brutal first of all getting getting roasted by the Jags on Twitter is not acceptable on any level but (laughs) I mean like uh, whatever yeah Um, I admire the I admire the uh, confidence, uh, but like, what are we doing here? Right. Well, you know, we'll, we'll still see. So, uh, for the athletic, I had to do like a template of like answer some questions, and one of them was like, "What's the game you can't lose?" I picked that one because if you're playing the first game of the year against a team that was the worst in the league, you better At not home. lose. Yeah. And frankly, you probably really can't lose either of these first two games because though the, in, in theory they will be the two easiest games you're going to play all year. But then look at what comes next. One of the other questions was, what's the toughest stretch of the schedule? And for me, I could have kind of, there were three distinct answer or possibilities. The the one I went with, though, was what comes next. Because I don't know if we'll even know what really, how good, even if they win both games. I don't know if we're going to be able to say for sure how good they are facing those teams. But then they get Philly at home in week three, at Dallas week four, and Tennessee week five. Tennessee was, of course, the one seed in the AFC last year, right. again, a very, un, a very unsexy team. They trade AJ Brown, but you know, you got, you got Derrick Henry. That's the team that had nine sacks on Joe Burrow in the playoffs. Even if they take a step back, right. They're still probably going to be, expe- let's say the Colts take a leap and win the division. The Titans will be in the, you would expect to be in the playoffs. Right. I mean, I'm not, they, I don't even know what the odds are for that, but I'm, I'm assuming yeah. they're pretty high. So that's, that's, potentially three play certainly Cowboys Titans playoff teams and if the Eagles hold up to what they did last year they should be in the mix all year as well so right and and then also the fact that of those three games two are against division opponents so if you you know you lose those you're already behind but at the the positive end if you start two and oh and you know can win two of those three two of them are at home you're four and one after week five and feeling pretty good about yourself yeah the flip side is of course if you struggle there the, the next stretch of games is was the uh, was one of the other ones I was considering 
week six at the Bears. Obviously, Chicago, not that great, but it's a road game and a national TV game. So, you know, home teams typically play a little bit better in those. Then Green Bay at home at Indianapolis, Minnesota. I know they didn't make the playoffs last year, but generally speaking, they're a reasonably good team. Yeah, they were in the um, same same range as the commanders. And then at Philly on that Monday night, that's the next five. The other stretch I was considering was going to the end of the year, week 16, 17, 18 at San Fran, Cleveland, and Dallas. The last two were at home, but all three of those teams are in the mix to be in the playoffs. Um, uh, that's, also- a, that's a low-key been another reason kind of we didn't mention it but another reason you should need to get off to that good start because you don't some years you look at december and go like oh they're two or three winnable games or oh they're division games that that they could you know should that are kind of 50 50 toss-up types that they could win uh don't really see that down the stretch here that's san francisco they'll obviously be big underdogs browns at home like you said, that's the playoff team. Cowboys, granted, Cowboys could have wrapped up the division at that point if, if things play out like we would probably think. But still, you don't want that game to be uh, – I guess it's a home game, so whatever. But right. that's, a tough, that's a tough road in down the stretch. So if you need to pick up three of those wins, that's going to be a bad place to be at that point in the year. Right. And like, you know, obviously, like if you could pick the ideal schedule, like the way I would look at it. Oh, by the way, we've even gotten to maybe what's the worst part of the schedule yet. We'll do that in a second. But if I was going to sort of pick the ideal spot, it would be like every like third or fourth game I want against a team that's like, you know, kind of a little bit of a patsy as best I can. Ironically, they don't really have that. The first two games are against two bad teams. I just mentioned that next stretch. After the Philly game on Monday night at Houston and then Atlanta, those are two teams that are also. Uh, Houston had the third pick yeah. in the draft. Atlanta had eight and Atlanta's probably going to be worse this year. Uh, you would think based on just kind of what they did with Matt Ryan and everything, but those are back-to-back games. Then you have giants. Then this is the crazy part, a week 14 by week 14. So if you start off slow or the injuries are piling up, there is no rest no stop. Yep. You're no playing it at all, which is not great by the way, for, you know, yours truly here. I'm not going to like that. You're, you're going to uh, be grinding there. Right. There is a mini buy. You could, you could say uh, with the Thursday night game after week six, but you know, only, only so much. Um, so yeah. And then, yeah, you got giants and the giants are sandwiching the, the bye week. So when you factor in the typically, you know, you, you, you probably don't sweep the division opponents, you know, even though the giants are not that great in, in theory, we'll see what Daniel Jones does this year in the new coach. Um, you know, that, that, that could be, um, a um a, a challenge for sure um question remind for me, you remind me by the way right real quick have have we ever seen that before a team a buy and a team the same team i mean i've certainly seen teams play two out of three weeks but not with a buy in between that's really weird i wonder what i didn't look to see when does the wonder when the i'm gonna look this up you can uh, filibuster here for a second i wonder when the giants have their buy i'm gonna look that's, this that's up. a good question so you you essentially get to watch tape of the team you just played while they presumably go. That's a, that's a home game for the giants, December 4th. So presumably they're on the road, December 11th, the giants are home. So they're home to Washington week 13. Then they play home to Philly. Then at Washington, their bye week is week nine. Um, Okay. Yeah. What, what a wacky, a wacky bit Philly. 
Washington, Philly, Washington. Yeah, that is not sure what the league is doing on that one. That's uh I mean, look, I, I obviously, you know, somebody I guess has to have these buys, but that's just terrible. I mean, I assume week 14's got to be the last buy for anybody. I'm trying to see here. Um I looking quickly, I don't see who else has a buy that week. So whatever. Um, but yeah, that that that's just some brutal um scheduling. All right, so so let's go a couple of quick questions here. For you, Mr. McNally, I, we mentioned the Carson Wentz games per se, the ones that are overtly about him. And I think those are, I mean, beyond like Dallas, but it could be, what, okay, let me stop qualifying. What's this for you, the most interesting game on the schedule that isn't necessarily Carson Wentz at Philly? Uh, so I'll pull Wentz out of it, but it's the home game against Philly on September 25th. So that's week three. The reason I say that, I just, given how good Dallas was last year, Jerry World's never particularly kind to the commanders. So um, that October 2nd game, I, I kind of pencil in as a loss. But if you, even if you start one and one, let's say somehow, let's say you beat the Jaguars, lose to the Lions on a field goal late, that week three to me sets the tone for your season. It matters more than, certainly than the Jacksonville game. I mean, it's a division opponent. So Philly at home kind of tells us to me, again, assuming they don't start 0-2, that Philly game tells me the direction they're headed, whether or not they beat Dallas, whatever happens with Tennessee, um, week three against the Eagles, and take the Wentz stuff out of it just from a purely commander standpoint. To me, that is the that is the game that sets the tone for the season. I mean, if Again, if you lose to Jacksonville 35 to 10, okay, that sets the tone for the season. But I'm living in a world we think we're living in where they're probably one and one and, you know, decent favorite to be two and oh. That Philly game looms large to me. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, again, I don't really care about it's at home. I don't really care about the Wentz part. It's just win that game, you're suddenly up, you're going into Dallas with less pressure. Um, you know, you're up in the division, you're going to Dallas with less pressure and it just sets that tone for the kind of middle stretch there. I know you mentioned like a lot of teams here that are good, like green Bay, obviously Aaron Rodgers will be back, all that kind of stuff, but like Colts Vikings uh, Eagles, again, Texans Falcons. Like uh, to me, there are a lot of winnable games in late October, early November. Yeah. And those that is, if this is a 10 win team, that's where they're going to do it that kind of middle stretch where they're, you know, again, the Packers fine, but Chicago through Atlanta, that's not, I mean, there are a lot of games they could win there. So to me, that all starts with the the Philly game on September 25th, week three. So that's the one I'm, I'm most intrigued by, I guess, because it'll yeah. tell us the most. Well, no, I, I think it's a great call. I was just thinking about this. <laughs> uh, we, okay. Week eight, Carson Wentz goes back to Colts to play the team that just said, get out. The next week, Kirk Cousins is coming to town. Yeah, no doubt. And if Carson Wentz is like kind of not playing that great, we will be the revi revising the whole, hey, how come you just didn't pay that guy? I mean, not that Kirk is all that, but, you know, whatever. And then the next week, Carson Wentz again at Philly. So I'm, I'll, I'll sort of just say, just to throw it in there, because has I, I've, I, my memory is horrendous. Has Kirk Cousins been back here since he left Minnesota or since he left here? I think they played them, right? At my 
my thought is they played there. I don't think he's played here. Right. I, I don't recall unless it was ha- happened before I was on the beat full time. I just don't remember, but I don't remember it happening here. So like that's in and of itself interesting. So I'll go that. And also like, I think to a certain point, Washington and Minnesota, look, Minnesota had the 12th pick. Washington had the 11th pick. They're basically a similar they team. Were, yeah. Very similar. They changed their coach. They got Kevin O'Connell, by the way, that whole oh. bit about the 2013 or not. The, he wasn't part of the 2013 staff, but he's another guy that quote unquote yep. got away. So if they get off to a good start, so I think that game maybe has a little more intrigue. Than, I agree. Then we're I, sort I think- of, discussing we're gonna do the we're gonna do the uh, no one cares about kirk coming back bit and fans will get mad that that's a storyline i i get it like people were over that storyline in 2018 17 even right I, i totally get it but like you know that's you're not gonna really be able to avoid that stuff and o'connell and and that that's another good storyline hook again kind of forced right because it's not like i don't know it's not like they were going to keep him right he did kind of the similar thing with mcveigh like hype that that one hypothetically rivera could have kept him because i mean he was the offensive coordinator i mean he could have but i think you know as we see he wanted to go with all the guys he knew and Clearly, O'Connell had a really good shot. Maybe O'Connell says, "Now nah, I'm good. I'm going to go with Sean McVay in L.A. No matter That's what." what I mean, but. to me, because coaching is about relationships. Like that was always McVay was going to take his boy with him and all. Well, they that. they weren't together ever here. I assume they knew each other, but they weren't actually. But they're together of here. the same tree, right? Of the uh, same. Well, they were both under Gruden, but I don't think O'Connell was here when McVay was here. Right, right, right. What was uh What was Gruden's thing to you? Didn't he say something like, "That's my tree"? Like yes. whenever they try to put McVeigh in Shanahan's tree, didn't yes. Gruden tell you it's that's my that's my tree? Get out of here! Very, very much. Um, um, by the way, the so the, Vi- the Commanders played at Minnesota uh, October twenty fourth, twenty nineteen. Kirk went for two eighty five, nineteen to nine Minnesota week uh, win. So, right. So yeah. So I think that's going to be really interesting. A um, couple quick notes around the league before we kind of wrap up here. So week one, the, the the opener, Buffalo at the Rams on Thursday night. All pretty in. Sexy, pretty sexy Probably. matchup. That Sunday, Tampa Bay at Dallas. Sounds good. Again, Spe- good. Speaking of Brady, he's going to face Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes in weeks three and four. So <laughs> okay, uh, well, I'm, so I didn't look. I'm presuming both all those games are on some sort of uh, national uh, TV audience. Uh Here's the Thanksgiving slate. Always important because, you know, we're all watching. Bills at Lions. That'll be good for the Buffalo fantasy football people, at least. It's so hard for me to watch that game. Like, I just, I'm not into it yet. I, I usually start with the Cowboys game. I just pretend the Lions aren't playing. It, it, is, it, is, Bills, a, it is a gambling and fantasy football intrigue only, uh, the way sure. the Lions are. Um, uh, then you got Giants at Dallas. All right. And then Patriots at Vikings, that sounds better than it is because the Vic- the Patriots are not the Patriots anymore. And the Vikings, like we just said, they're kind of, eh, all right, we'll see. But, you know. It'll be a good crowd, right? It'll be at the. Uh, it's a good stadium. It's a good stadium. Yeah, no, I, I mean, Pats were in the, yeah, I'm all right with that one. Right. As a night game, I mean, a lot of times they try to do like, uh, I know the Ravens have played in that kind of night spot. 
didn't they stick the commanders in that night spot a couple of years ago? It was a host. They hosted the giants, I think. Yes. I remember, right. I think, I think you're correct. Um, all right. So, so all that said, again, the downside of the easiest strength of schedule is you're facing a lot of not that exciting opponents. On the other hand, it's the easiest strength of schedule. It's on paper. It doesn't, you know, whatever. The entire division benefits from this because everybody's playing the AFC South. So Washington doesn't have a real advantage over the other teams in the division, but over the other wildcard teams, perhaps. Um, and look, I mean, again, we'll see what Carson Wentz does, but at minimum from a playbook perspective, it's an upgrade over Taylor Heineke. You know, it's, I, I can't like, if we just, just for factoring in the injuries, they get Curtis Samuel back. who basically didn't play it last year. Then they draft Jahan Dotson. So their wide receiver situation is better than, than ultimately it ever was last year. Obviously the defense was underwhelming to say the least. And they really didn't, they didn't make any changes except for Landon Collins, but you know, what, I, I don't know if the extreme is they're a top five defense or a bottom five defense. So let's just say they're somewhere in the middle of the league. Call, yeah, which call seems like a reasonable, assuming the defensive line plays well. All those factors, there's reason to be, I think, somewhat optimistic that Washington gets its first winning season under Ron Rivera. But Vegas set the over under at seven and a half. And for all the easy strength of schedule stuff, it's not like anybody's looking at Washington going, oh boy, we're, we're going to be scared of Carson Wentz and this team. No. Yeah. I mean, it's the, you can tell just by the, the game times here, as you noted, the, all the one o'clock games, that means people look at you and go, mm, not feeling it. Right. They don't have people who can hurt us is, is probably what, right. That you, you kind of, there's a, there's a level of disrespect there, but it's, it's just like, eh, they don't have any, there's no MVP candidates on this team. There's no, you know, there's probably no one who's going to get be in the top five in receptions or whatever. I mean, Terry McLaurin, obviously very good, but you know what I mean? Like there, there's just kind of a general lack of, of star power and the star power they do have is kind of underachieved and injured and, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, maybe that's good. I mean, it's kind of in the Rivera mold, right? But at some point you want to break out of the seven, eight, even in this case with 17 games, nine win area and get to 10 and kind of be considered at least a legitimate playoff team, which I don't, even though they were kind of in the race last year, I don't, and I'm not sure anyone really considered them that given the way things started. Um, yep. All right. All that said here, it's, it's come down to this. You got to make a prediction and they yeah. made me do it for the site. Uh, I'll spoil it. You'll, you can go read the insight, but <laughs> I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's a challenge to figure this out. I mean, because like I said, when you look at the schedule, there's a lot of winnable games. Cause other than like green Bay and I guess Tennessee, and maybe they're not even as good and Dallas, but maybe they're not as good as they were. Like, it's hard to look at these games and like, boy, that's, that's, you know, it's not like last year where are like, well, there's no way they're winning at Buffalo. There's no way they're beating Kansas right. city. No doubt. I mean, th granted they upset Tampa Bay, but that was the only game last year where you were kind of like, wait, what happened here? Even um, Seattle, right. was like way down right. compared to what maybe you thought they would be. And right. Russell Seattle, Wilson was hurt. And, all, and Russell Wilson uh, was hurt and they, you know, didn't even that game was not within reach for them. So, uh, right. So, uh, I mean, they beat Seattle, but yeah, it was not, we weren't thinking of going, so all that said, you know, and, and again, the the quarterback situation, all those things. 
I went, I mean, I, somebody, somebody suggested they, they, they went with 17 games, the odd number, just so you can't say 500 anymore is like a cop out. Yeah. Yeah. I asked I my, hated, editor, I used to hate, I hated the eight and eight. The people that are like, I think eight and eight, I see eight and eight. I'd be like, well, come on, man. I, I asked my can't editor, ever take eight and eight. That's a stupid, like pick seven, pick nine. Don't pick eight and eight. It's ridiculous. Well, I asked my editor just for fun. And I, you know, I don't know how much he was, he was doing a lot of work tonight and he, he came, he landed on eight, eight and one. I was like, ah, come on. What are you doing? No, um, but uh, I, I'm going to go nine and eight. I mean, Again, you never know about injuries, and we'll see what happens ultimately with Wentz. It just feels like there are reasons to be optimistic. In ter- like you, uh, Basically, what I wrote was there's reasons to be optimistic, and most of them you kind of have to squint to see it, i.e. Wentz and the defense doing better. But the schedule is what the schedule is at this point. And like you said, we can't project deep into the season because who the hell knows what, where anybody will be. But there's a lot of winnable games here. So I go 9-8. and eight. Don't hold me to it. We'll see what the world looks like in a few weeks when we get through training camp. But I went nine and eight because why not? I, I still worry about the level of holes on the roster at different places, right? Like, are they really good at corner? They spend a lot of money at corner, but are they good at corner? Can they hold up? Line, uh, we talked ad nauseum about middle linebacker and Cole Hoke. Maybe Cole Hokum is the guy there, but if he was the guy, wouldn't they have? kind of established that last year and uh, their number one draft pick last year, Jamin Davis maybe was supposed to be that guy. And, and now you're wondering, can he even play? Um, which maybe isn't fair in year one, but whatever. So, and then Chase Young is out. So that like, there's a lot on, on the defensive side that may, and then the defensive line depth, not what it was, right. I mean, you let Ionitis go, you draft one, you let Tim settle go. I'm just saying the, the depth there, maybe not what it was. So I don't know, to me, nine wins. And I, I'm going to go with what you just did. That's kind of lame that we're landing on the same bit, but I, like 10 feels like a stretch to me. I feel like they'll be better and that the schedule lets them be better, but there's still too many holes for me to see. And I don't know, not nine doesn't get you in the playoffs, right? It's probably third in the division. Well, the that's what's interesting is like, based on where this division has been the last couple of years, I mean, Philly made the playoffs with as a wild card with nine wins last year, nine might be third, because like I said, that everybody has the same easy schedule this year. Last, last year, Washington had a really distinctive difference. It was only maybe, I know it's only like a couple games difference between if you have the, the toughest schedule in the division or not, but last year that made a huge difference this year. It doesn't seem like it's a, it's as big of a deal. So um, yeah, nine wins might be good. I mean, we'd be a winning season, but yet might be third in the division, because everybody should, in theory, benefit from this. But we'll right. see. I, I probably will say this for Washington. The difference for me between – I don't know between Philly and Dallas, who's who I would pick as the favorite, we'll see. I'm not that high on Jalen Hurts, though, still. And I think if Carson Wentz is the better quarterback to Jalen Hurts, then Washington finishes ahead of Philly. So what if and, – and let's say the commanders are better. And what if the Giants are better? I don't know if they will be. But, like, let's say – I'm not saying better, but, like, Let's say the Giants are a seven-win team. Whatever I don't even know where they finished last year, ended up. But let's say they're a seven-win team. Some those wins are coming at the expense of somebody, right? Maybe Dallas doesn't win whatever they won last year, 12, 13. Maybe Philly's win total comes down. So maybe in the end, the division 
like it does so many years, drags itself down um, and kind of puts, you know, pulls everybody out of the playoff race in a way. If nobody's, if that second team is not at 10 wins or even 11 wins, then it's going to be a, you know, those, those games have to go to someone. So you would think the giants or commanders are coming out ahead there. Um, Absolutely. Uh, all right, Brian, I've kept you long enough, but before I let you go quickly, since you are a noted Capitals expert, would you like to offer a, a prediction? We're, we're talking Thursday night. Would you like to offer a game six prediction after what was a pretty devastating uh, game five loss? Yeah. Timestamp 1030 on a Thursday. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know that I, they came into the series, the clearly needing to do things a certain way to win it. And they they tend to do those things for about 25 minutes a game. Uh, it should be noted, like they haven't allowed a power play goal in the series yet. That's ridiculous. They haven't done all kinds of things. They've done a lot of things well. Uh, and it, and they, yet they're down three, two. So, and coming off to crushing, like this is 2015, 16, 17 level crushing playoff losses. Do they have it in them to win in game six at home? Sure. I think so. Can they win game six and game seven? I don't, I don't think so. It's tough for me to make that call. So um, Florida is a powerhouse. We knew that coming in the series. If the Caps win that game four uh, where they got scored on late and then lost in overtime, maybe they, maybe they got this, but man, that was uh, Wednesday night was so rough that I, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Panthers, finish it out. I'll, I'll give the Caps a win, but I'll say in seven, uh, the Panthers take care of business in advance. All right. Uh, if you are a Capitals person, obviously you got to follow Brian at McNally 14 on Twitter. But, you know, in general, uh, always, always pay attention to what Brian does. One of the most eloquent tweeters and writers out there. Um, that is it for me. I'm just going to sign off here. Appreciate Brian's time. Appreciate everybody checking out the podcast. Of course, you can go check out one I did earlier in the week uh, talking about it was a lot of Carterson Wentz and quarterback talk. Uh, and of course we had a lot of dra- post-draft stuff as well. Um, there you go. That's it for now. Ben standing signing off until next time. See ya.